Hi friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Jean Stockdale and Dana Street. This is the first episode in our new Bible study, This Present Kingdom, the disruptive message of the Sermon on the Mount. You're listening to The Afterword. Oh, Donna, what a great way to start this morning. It was so thrilling to look out and see so many of our ladies have gathered together safely, I might add, but gathered together in the fellowship hall, eager to hear the word of God. And you brought a powerful message. You could sense the excitement in the room. The ladies were leaning forward. They were taking notes. The spirit of God, I believe, just descended on us and brought such joy at the word you brought this morning. Thank you. The Lord is... Faithful, and I think all of us have had a sense of anticipation Mm. over the study because it's so powerful. The Lord is literally showing us how to be and then how to live. Um, And he modeled it for us, but he's also given us his philosophy of life in the Sermon on the Mount. You're right. Yes. And what a blessing it was just to hear the voices of women standing backstage and just to hear the excitement. But then afterwards, as I was walking through the women that were still gathered there, just to hear how God was already beginning to speak Mm -hmm. to women, really calling them forth to live the way that he lived. Mm -hmm. And it's that anticipation of what happens when heaven invades earth. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can grasp that, if we could really get an understanding of what that means to live on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. It's not just... A part of a Lord's the Lord's prayer. It is that, but it is an actual way to live. You know, if I was to really boil down what I think the introduction and the workbook was about, it's the little section that's called the message we have missed. And it says this, it's been right in front of us, but we've missed it. For too long we believed that the gospel message is solo about Jesus coming and dying to save us from our sins. That's part of it, but it's not all of it. And we've all read James Smith's book, The Good and Beautiful Life. The Good and Beautiful Life. Yes, awesome book. And in that book, he says, what is the point of this religion? To get us into heaven? No, to get heaven into Mm -hmm. us. And that's what the study is about, getting heaven into us here on this earth, living eternal life now. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. You know, I think that's what we were talking about as we looked in the introduction this morning and discussed the difference in the two realms that we exist in now as believers. You've got the physical realm, the natural, but we also have the spirit realm. And those two realms intersect the moment a person gets saved. And we have often, Dana, stopped short at salvation as though that's the end game. But it's not. That's the doorway Mm -hmm. into eternal life. That's just the very beginning. And then we begin to live and to learn how to live this new life in Christ. And it is backwards from what is natural. It is inside out and upside down. But it's also supernatural. That's that's when you know that's supernatural living. When you know that you are walking in the spirit and you know that you wouldn't be doing it unless God was leading you to do it. Yes, Yes, it's Christ in us. 
yes. the hope of glory, not just heaven when we die. If exactly. that's all this thing was about, I believe he would take us home at the moment of our conversion. If it was just mm -hmm. about getting us yeah. out of this right. world and into heaven, that would be the yeah. end game. But it is so much more. It is the Christ life, mm -hmm. Christ in us right here, right now. The kingdom of God is here and now. That's and right. not just eternal life when we die. It is eternal life, Christ in us. That's right. And we introduced the whole concept today about physical senses and how we learn to live life just naturally from the outside in. But once we're birthed spiritually and our spirit man comes back to life and the spirit of God comes to live within us, we also have spiritual senses. And the Bible talks about those. You know, Jesus himself over and over said, for he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was not talking about physical deafness. He right, was talking right. about being spiritually in tune mm -hmm. with his voice mm -hmm. so that we grasped the truth of what he was sharing. And I think maybe that's a concept that people know in their head, mm -hmm. but maybe have not experienced. So possibly could we share maybe some ways that we have seen the Lord or heard the Lord's voice or experienced his mm. presence so that people might can get a grasp of what we're talking about here? Mm. Well, I think part of the spiritual discipline must begin um, to live that kind of life with our devotion, commitment, obedience into studying the Word of God, to becoming a deliberate, intentional student of the right. Word of God. God speaks mm. to us through His Word, and to the degree we neglect that spiritual discipline, to that degree we're not going to hear the Word, right. and what we don't hear we cannot possibly think. We can obey what we have not heard and what we do not know. Mm. Yes. Well, I tell you, last Friday I was in a retail store, I had 30 minutes on my time schedule that I needed. And I mean, I was if I was on target. I mean, I was very tunnel vision and I was headed in to do what I needed to do. And um, the lady that was helping me actually just she was very conversational. Mm. I was pretty much on point. She was pretty much conversational. <laughs> and so I went, OK, Lord, I'm not even going to pay attention to my watch. You've got this. Mm -hmm. And so I began to engage in conversation with her. And she was a believer. We were just able to talk as she was bringing me some, some clothes to try on. And as we continued to talk, she said, can I share something with you? And I said, sure you can. And she said, I'm very afraid about something. And I said, tell me what that Aww. was. And she said, she said she was having surgery Aww. this next Friday. And she said, I'm very afraid. And as we began to talk about the fear and that God has so many fear knots in his word, just God just sat down there, right? Right there at the counter in this particular store. And I had an awesome opportunity just to pray for her. I mean, she, as soon as I said, can I pray for you? She stepped around from the counter. She grabbed my hand and right there with... We didn't care who was looking on. We had an awesome opportunity to just pray as two sisters in the Lord. And that's when you know, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not my schedule. It's not. And it's what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do at that time. And when we obey, he blesses. That's right. And often it's an interruption into what our so-called right. plans you know, were. And, yeah, and here's the deal. I struggle with that sometimes because I have a very... Oh, I know nothing I, about that. 
<laughs> you know, it, it, and it's, it's, I don't mean agenda in a bad way, but I, I have a it's daily list. Yes, right. yes. We're very task and goal oriented. Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> very, where our sweet Jean is all about the relationships. <laughs> yes, you I are. so yeah. want to be that way. Well, uh, I, I, it would help if I got some more tasks accomplished in my day, but it's uh, uh, fellowship to me. And <laughs> word bank to me is, uh, comes very, very um, easily. Well, Jean, how would you say the Lord speaks to you through his word? Because that is the primary place that it, he speaks to us. It, uh, it is. And honestly, I'm thinking back as a new believer uh, when I came to faith 24 years ago, and I did begin reading the word of God. I came from an unchurched background, and so mm. this was altogether a new thing to me to even... Okay, pa- well, well, pause right there. There may be a woman listening who listens to us or thinks about a Bible study and doesn't really know the word of God. Mm. And so she's fearful of what she doesn't know, doesn't want to be embarrassed. Could you pause just a moment and speak to that woman? Because you were that woman. And I think people forget that Mm. because you're such such a marvelous Bible teacher. Well, you're kind. When I came to faith, I had hardly ever been inside the church. I was 24 Mm. years old. And if I'd been in a church 10 times in my life to that point, I would be surprised. I don't remember much of ever Mm -hmm. being in a a worship service of any type. And so we came to Christ as Craig and I began to attend Bellevue Baptist Church at the invitation of his parents. And we weren't particularly looking for God, but God was looking for us, and we began to hear the word of God, and it, it our, our hearts would burn to hear it preach with such power, yes. and it was through the word of God and the spirit of God that both of us individually, but at about the same time, prayed to receive Jesus Christ. Well, I mistakenly believed that everyone in my church knew everything right. <laughs> about the word except me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, because at that time I used to say I came to love him late, but you know, now it's 66, 24 doesn't seem all that old, but <laughs> it just seemed like everyone was so far ahead mm-hmm. of me. And I didn't really understand or know or anything other than I believe that Dr. Rogers believed that the word of God changed your life. But so I just began reading it, uh, taking in portions of it. I will say that as a brand new believer, my initial thought was that a lay person wasn't even allowed to read the scripture or could possibly understand it. I thought it was just for pastors and theologians. Mm -hmm. And so when he began talking about a quiet time or reading the scripture, it it was a new concept to me. And so I just plunged in and honestly, uh, partly because Dr. Rogers, my pastor, and then in our uh, Sunday school class, people were talking about reading the word, Mm -hmm. but partly because I felt like I needed to catch up with everybody because they were so far ahead of me. And honestly, as I began to read the Word of God, I was so stunned at the changes that began to take place in my life. I began to read the Word and it began to become a part of my life. And I began to see that the more I read, the more conformity to Christ was naturally going on. Right. Obviously, I had to make decisions to obey, but something supernatural was happening in my life that I could not have even fully explained at that time. And, and um, that is what began my love affair with the Word of God, was is a young believer, uh, as a young adult, 
it, believing everybody else knew it, but then seeing in my pastor's life that he believed it was such an important discipline and component that I sort of blindly began reading the Word of God, and God began to speak to me. Yes. And I can still remember the first time I knew that I heard God speaking. It was out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, that I was accepted in the Beloved. And because I came to faith, late in life and did not have a church background. Because of that, I did not believe in my heart of hearts that I could be as acceptable to the Lord as someone who had been raised in church right. and come to faith as a young person. And I can still remember that just washing over me, yeah. that he didn't just make me acceptable. That's right. He didn't just patch me up. Yeah. He didn't just say, well, She's doing the best she can, and so we got what we got. Bless her heart. Yes, yeah. bless her heart. Exactly. Bless her heart. But he said, you are mine, and because right. you're mine, you are fully known right. and fully mm. accepted. And so for the woman who might be struggling, thinking, well, that works for those ladies down in Bible study or those right. ladies teaching or those ladies on staff or Donna, she's the pastor's wife or uh, Dana, she's married to a, a pastor. I, I just have to say that the word of God is so written as a love letter right. to every mm -hmm. child of God, to every daughter of the king. And if you will simply take the act of faith, the step of faith, and just begin to expose yourself to this word you will be amazed as what happens when the Word of God, which is alive, right. and the Spirit of God, which is dwelling in you, who was active and alive, when those two things come together in your life, the power of God is released. So thank you for asking me to share that uh, part of my life. Oh, absolutely, because I know there are many women out there that probably feel embarrassed that they don't know the Bible, that they won't be able to find a mm -hmm. reference when somebody says, turn to Matthew chapter five, that mm -hmm. they don't know, you know, Matthew from Habakkuk. So to tell that woman that we all had to start somewhere. Yes. So yes. jump in because nobody's going to be judging you. Mm -hmm. Everybody will come alongside you and help you. And in fact, if you've never been in a Bible study, grab some friends, invite some neighbors and do it online or have a discussion time after you've viewed the video and do it. If you've never read the Bible before, choose a plan to read through the Bible. Mm -hmm. And maybe you just want to read through the New Testament. If you're a new believer, start with the New Testament, but get in the Word of God because yes. it is it is the word that is living yes. and it is the word that is God breathed and it is the word that breathes life into our very spirit and soul. Yes. And you're right, Donna. It's kind of like when somebody decides to go and run a marathon. It's not on my bucket list, but I have read about people who want to run marathons <laughs> and they don't just go out right. the first day and run 26.2 miles. They have to train for that. And so you're right, Donna, we have to start someplace. First um, Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, discipline or train yourself for the purpose of godliness. Train yourself for the purpose of godliness. That's what you were doing, mm -hmm. Jean, mm -hmm. as you just before started. You realized it, before right. you knew that that's what you were doing. Yes. You were just training yourself, getting into the word of God. And it goes on in verse 8 and says, for bodily discipline is only of little profit. But godliness that's mm -hmm. profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's what it means to live in this present kingdom, training for this life so that people see Jesus in us 
and through us, and they see us becoming like Him. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. That lifts us up above the circumstances of this world, all the political division, the racial unrest, the biting and devouring of one another that's happening even among Christians. When we look at our world and we recognize that is not how we're to live. Mm -hmm. And when the body of Christ falls into that, it's the natural man responding. Mm -hmm. It's the flesh rearing its ugly head. And we're supposed to crucify that flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus said to those who were following him, if you want to come after me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. So it's a daily death to the flesh mm -hmm. so that we come alive to the spirit, so that we're more in tune with the Holy Spirit than we are with our own flesh. And that does not happen overnight. We wish it was. Yes. We wish it was a one-time crucify yes. the flesh. This is done mm -hmm. and let's go on in the spirit. But it is a gradual sanctification process that the Lord allows us to go through as we become more and more dependent upon him and less dependent upon our flesh and our natural abilities. Yes. So that's when you encounter the woman in the store, you're immediately turning inward to the Holy Spirit and saying, Spirit of the living God, this is a divine appointment. Lord, how can I encourage this one that you have created in your image? And it eliminates pride or arrogance. We will never look down upon another person because they are image bearers just as we are. And it is mm. only by the grace of Jesus Christ that any of us mm. have the knowledge of what he has given us. Amen. Jesus. Amen. The physical senses do not require of us That's right. anything to use them. Right. Mm -hmm. And somehow I fear that many times we assume the same about the spiritual senses, that we don't have to do the work because the final work of Calvary right. did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And I think sometimes we transfer that into the sanctification process of thinking that he's going to do all of that for us right. in our stead and that it requires nothing of us. When the reality is that a reading of the word of God uses words like fight, the good fight, right. study to show yourself approved, discipline yourself. Right. And yet somehow we sort of slink back into the habit of thinking all of this is just going to happen right. quite naturally because we've given our heart to Christ. And in reality, this is the hard work and it is hard. It's discipline mm -hmm. and Honestly, there are days I don't feel like getting into the Word. There are days I don't feel like studying or writing or doing the right thing. There are days I wake up in such a humor that I've already predisposed myself to having a really bad day. And uh, frankly, anybody who gets in my face is going to have a bad one They're too. Hear about it, right? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Many years ago, I spoke at a women's conference, and one of the little uh, gifts they gave me in my room was a little journal and the journal was given to me to use uh, with my husband and I was instructed to write a love note to him and then hide that journal somewhere that he might find it and he was to find it and write a love note back to me oh. and so I took that home and explained it all to Craig and I waited a few days before I ever wrote in my uh, first entry and um, it uh, he did the same and and uh, there was one particular day I'd gone to my desk to try to study and honestly I wasn't in the uh, frame of mind 
mind and I was irritable and uh, irritated and I, I looked out uh, into my backyard and there was Craig hoeing away uh, trying to take down some weeds in this little area we had that was a little goldfish pond and I don't know what in the world, well, it was the flesh, I won't say I don't know what, but uh, at the moment I thought I'm going to go tell that man a thing or two and I stormed from my desk out there and he was just hoeing away and I sat in on him, just, just told him some things I didn't like about him, I felt like he should know and uh, I can remember him leaning on his hoe and his eyes getting real big and he must have wondered what was that and when I finished I turned on my heels uh, into discussion and I stormed back in there to my desk and when I sat at my desk I saw that journal oh my which could have only meant that Craig had written in it and he tucked it in my study books and I opened that journal to find the sweetest, dearest love letter for my darling husband. And to this day, I can remember. I love that story. Really yeah. Because we can all relate. Yeah. I felt I, there was just there was no coming back. There was no coming back. I was so broken before the Lord, and I drug myself out there to Him. I remember thinking my legs won't work. I can't make myself get up and go out there. This is there's just this is horrible. This is absolutely horrible. All of that to say, it's not about how we feel when you That's operate right. in your feelings. When I let a day be turned negatively, right. without checking that attitude of the flesh not only was it spoiling my day it began to spill out <laughs> exactly. on everybody in my sphere of exactly. influence and so it's not about doing what we feel like because what we feel like while it is natural right. is going to the, the uh, lead us down a path that is going to end in death and destruction exactly. while we must pursue the things of God with discipline and deliberation and intentionality. And even then, the flesh, the world, the enemy mm -hmm. are so subtle mm -hmm. that we must constantly fight the good fight, put on the full armor of God, and stand firm for the Lord. They're perfect. That's exactly right. It's such a great illustration. <laughs> but that's where we have to take those thoughts captive. And yes. it is not, you know, we'll say, Lord, take those thoughts captive. That's not what he said. He told us to take those thoughts right. captive, to refuse those lies, the ways of the flesh, the natural man, to refuse those thoughts and instead replace them with the truth of God's word. Mm. And when we do that consistently, it completely, literally changes the way we think. It changes the very physical structure of our brain. It creates new neural pathways. And so then the ways of God become our default mm. from practice, mm. which leads us back to our spiritual disciplines and their mm. importance. Well, because in all honesty, it's one thing to act like a Christian. It's much more difficult to react like a Christian. Yes. And that's so much of what we see in the Sermon on the Mount. As we go deeper into the study, over and over, we're going to see, pray for those who persecute you. Well, that's not natural. Right. Exactly. You know, turn the other cheek. Mm. Well, that doesn't always feel good. And so that is where we really have to check. Mm. Lord, am I reacting? Am I responding the way you want me to respond? And for me, that requires training. Mm -hmm. That requires right. over and over saying, I will not think that thought. I will not speak that way. 
I will, and if I do, I'm going to make myself go and apologize, so that way I have to live with it. And that apologies are a great reminder of I shouldn't have just done that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think as we wrap this up that I would like us to look at Ephesians chapter 5, because it talks about what life is like when you're filled with the Spirit. Mm. And he's giving the contrast, that obvious contrast, that we're not to be under the influence of alcohol, but you could also say, or just the influence of the flesh, because mm -hmm. that just magnifies the flesh when you're under the influence of alcohol. It says, don't get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. When we're filled with the Spirit, it changes our perspective. And then we have a song in our heart and on our lips and gratitude and thanksgiving flow forth from our mouth. And we begin to speak words of life over mm. ourselves, over our spouses, our children, yes. every person we come in contact with. And then we leave the aroma of Christ behind. Mm. When I'm not filled with the Spirit and I'm under the influence of the flesh, it's death. Yes. It's exactly what yes. you said, Jean. Mm. So we want to be the women who choose to be filled with the Spirit so that we are those who give forth and literally exude the life of Christ, that rivers of living water flow forth from our innermost being. That's why we practice spiritual disciplines. That's why we discipline the flesh for godliness, because we want to accurately reflect Jesus Christ to everyone we come in contact with. But it takes focus yes. and practice. Yes, amen, amen. Let me close this in prayer. Father, thank you for this time that we have had in your word. Lord, I thank you for this Bible study. Lord, thank you for the way that you spoke through Donna today. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for the way that your spirit, as we yield ourselves to your Holy Spirit, for the way that your spirit will lead us, guide us. Lord, I am so excited to see how you are going to use all of us. Father, as you sculpt mold us into the likeness of your Son and send us out to be lights mm -hmm. in the world. Yes, Jesus. Oh, Father, may we bring glory mm -hmm. to you yes, Jesus. every place we go this yes. week. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit Bellevue.org slash women.